This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Welcome into SETN Preps. Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison, glad to be hanging out with you as we have got a football season in the books. We crowned, I mean, we didn't really crown nine state champions this week, but the TSSAA did. They crowned nine state champions in high school football. Only one of our three teams from Chattanooga were able, or from the, uh, the southeast Tennessee area, were able to bring home the gold ball. Chandler, uh, I don't know how much of it you watched. Uh, I watched uh, a lot of it this weekend, even watched a lot of the teams that I didn't really care too much about, but... I think it helps that it, it wasn't a great weekend for college football. So I kind of, uh, you know, especially Saturday, spent the time watching a lot of a lot of high school games on uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, and I think there were some pretty intriguing matchups this uh, this year. And to me, although that is the case, it felt like there was a lot of. Um, you know, potential for, for kind of blowouts this year, even though the, the, the – I think what was intriguing about the matchups, Chris, was the fact that it's 2020. We really don't expect a blowout, but, uh, you know, for some for a lot of these games we did get. I mean, there were some close games. There were some great performances. Don't get me wrong. I think there were some great standout performances uh, by individuals, uh, you know, in all these games, um, even some of our area games where, where you looked at especially the – Fayetteville and Peabody games where you looked across the the sideline and you saw, man, there was a guy there that was just, you know, going to work and playing lots out down there on the field. So, you know, I I think it was a great weekend. I didn't get to watch as much of it as I would have liked to. I got to watch our area teams play uh, and got to see, you know, what they were able to do. And, um, you know, I I think we, Chris, I think we knew there was a possibility. Anytime you go to Cookville, there's a possibility you're going to go 0-3 or 3-0 or somewhere in between, anything can happen once you get to Cookville because, Chris, we found out this week that just because the West has been dominant or the East has been dominant doesn't mean a daggum thing in 2020. Well, let's get into uh, some of these games. Let's start with the the victors, all right? Let's start with the state champions, the team that brought home the gold ball, and they did it in dominant fashion. Macaulay beat Memphis University School 44 to nothing, and basically – from about the middle of the first quarter on, I never really felt like this game was in doubt. I mean, Macaulay was at, it was just a dominant performance from Macaulay. Five interceptions in this game for the Macaulay defense. They outgained Memphis University School 378 yards to 97. They outrushed them 254 to 6. Chandler, I go back to something that we talked about last week. And, and I told you then, the way that McCauley won a state championship last year was their defense. Last year it was the front seven that just absolutely wrecked NBA in that state championship game. This year, McCauley won it again. Now, look, I don't, I'm not taking anything away from the 44 points they put up. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like they're, you know, sound like their their offense is, you know, chopped liver. But McCauley, again, in these big games, man, defensively, they just have a way of absolutely shutting people down. They hold MUS to just six yards rushing and 91 yards passing in this game. And, again, that was as dominant of a performance as I think we have ever seen 
in the in a state championship game by one of our local teams. I mean, they absolutely came out from the get-go and took control of that game. So I was uh, really, really, really happy for uh, for Macaulay and and really happy to see them be able to bring the the uh, the gold ball uh, back to Dodds Avenue this uh, for a second consecutive year. By the way. Yeah, Chris, here, here's the thing about this. I think if we, at the beginning of the year, we sat down and realistically said, who is going to win a state championship in our area? I don't think McCauley would have been at the top of my list. Um, yeah, they, I'd have had them pretty high now. I'd I mean, had... Yeah, they would have been pretty high. I don't think they were at the top of my list. And the reason being is because of what they lost last year. And Division II, AAA takes no mercy in its prisoners, okay? I'm just saying I think at the beginning of the year, they are pretty high on my list. You know, I mean, compared to other Chattanooga area teams, Chris, and compared across the state, they're probably in the top 10, top five, respectively, in both those categories. But to me, and certainly high in those top 10, top five, but to me, when I look at this at the beginning of the season, they weren't at the top of my list. And the reason being is because of Division II AAA and because we had some dominant and really dominant teams in the lower classifications in our area, but that's neither here nor there. We'll talk about that here in a minute. To me, I think this was not improbable, but if you were going to tell, if you told me two years ago, Chris, that Macaulay is going to go back to back, if you told me when, you know, when we started this thing in 2018, that Macaulay was going to go back to back in the next two or three years, I don't know that I would have believed you. And, and not because of what Ralph Potter can do, not because of the talent they have, but because Division II AAA is so tough. So hats off to McCauley not only winning this game, but to go through the gauntlet of Division II AAA in this COVID year where, Chris, remember, they started off this year canceling games because of COVID, because they had some some COVID issues. And to get past that, I think this is truly the most 2020 thing that a team that started off the season with COVID issues, and you're just thinking off off the get-go that, man, this is not good, this is not great. And they go through, and they they battle through it, and they beat, um, you know, they they beat all these teams in Division Two AAA, and then beat MUS, who was also a three seed. And Chris, I think the most impressive part of this was it would have been one thing if they're the underdog beating Brentwood Academy in the state championship, and they also beat them in the semifinals, uh, you know, uh, in a, in a good way. But I think when you look at this, you say, well, it'd been one thing to play Brentwood Academy in the in the in the state championship. It's another thing entirely for them to play another underdog, another us against the world team, Chris. And uh, as much as the defending champions is in the name of Macaulay this year, there was such a chip on their shoulder. And hats off to Ralph Potter for keeping that chip on the shoulder all year, especially in the playoffs, and to have Macaulay in the position they were in to win this game. And by the way, Chris, that defense was lots out. I think the defense was um, was really impressive, maybe even a little bit more impressive than last year in, in that regard. And I'm not to slide anybody from last season, but, you know, it, it's funny how some of these teams where we have – we see all this talent where, you know, we see the great – you know, we had Jay Hardy last year for McCauley. We had, you know, Aaron Swafford last year for Megs. And then the year after, seems like they do they – just, they just pick up where they left off. That was certainly the case with uh, with this team, and and again, Macaulay was they were dominant in in getting a win. And if you listen to our preview podcast of this game last week, 
Yeah, I told you guys I had talked with people in not in Nashville and in Memphis that had seen Macaulay play and had seen MUS play, and I had two different people tell me that Macaulay would win this game with a mercy rule. And at first, I was, you know, I mean, I think even when we did the podcast, I was kind of like, look, that's what people are saying. I don't know. And then, by golly, they were right because that is 100% what happened when they went out there. So great win for Macaulay. Congratulations to those guys. Congratulations to Coach Potter. For as right as I might have been about Macaulay winning, I could not have been more wrong in the next game that we're going to talk about. We're going to get to a break first. We come back. And we'll get to that Fayetteville-South Pittsburgh game coming up. Hang on, SET and Preps. Do you ever feel like your voice isn't heard when you're listening to a podcast? You want to yell, you want to scream, or you just want to tell us that we're doing a good job or maybe we might actually be right? Imagine that. Then go to anchor.fm, you can go on the app, you can go on the website, you can go right on your phone on the browser, and you can record a voice message. That's right, you can let your voice be heard on the SETN Preps podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and go to our page, SETN Preps, and you can leave a voice message and tell us what you think. on SET and Preps, Crisco, Fourth Chandler Morrison, as we take a look back at this week's TSSAA State Championships. Uh, Chandler, let's go with, we talked about Macaulay, they were the winners. Let's talk about our two teams that uh, finished uh, with the runners-up trophy over the weekend. Let's start in 1A with South Pittsburgh, where Fayetteville defeats South Pittsburgh 20-14. to um, Said it a minute ago, I don't think I could have been more wrong about this game uh, or for that matter, more wrong about any team than I would have been uh, about Fayetteville last week. And they set the tone in this early. Number one, I thought they whipped South Pittsburgh up front in the trenches. They got that goal line stand against South Pittsburgh on the first drive of the game. And I thought they really kind of set the tone early. And for South Pittsburgh, they just couldn't finish. It was like the Pirates could – you know, they would start to put drives together, but then they could never finish the drive. And ultimately, uh, they just couldn't, you know, look, Braden Sanders is throwing passes into the end zone as, as time is expiring to try to win the game. And, you know, it would have been great if South Pittsburgh would have come up with one of those to, you know, either win it or force it uh, to go into overtime, but it, it wasn't meant to be. K.J. Jackson, the running back at Fayetteville, uh, I'm going to need to see a birth certificate on that kid. Because I don't believe for a second that he's a ninth grader. Because he plays like a grown man. 210 yards on 30 carries. Defensively, again, I thought Fayetteville took South Pittsburgh's big play threat, which is how they live, right, on offense, is with those uh, splash plays, those explosive plays. And they weren't able to do that. South Pittsburgh didn't have that. They didn't have the big play downfield. Uh, they didn't have that big explosive run, and ultimately it was kind of like offensively they just kept running out of gas when they would go to put a drive together. So my hat's off to Fayetteville, and, and look, I'll, I'll admit it, I was wrong, I was wrong, I was wrong, and, uh, and Fayetteville won this game. And honestly, honestly, 
I don't think this 20 to 14 score is as indicative of just how well Fayetteville played in this game or uh-huh. underlines how well they controlled this game through all four quarters. Yeah, a couple things on this one, Chris. One, I'm right there with you. I I was wrong on this game. I did not think that this was going to be a blowout for South Pittsburgh, but I did think it was going to be a dominant performance. I, I think that for South Pittsburgh, it could have been a two-touchdown game and still been a dominant performance because that's how they play. The second thing I'll say is this. I think you're right on the big play situation. A lot of times, South Pittsburgh, and you and I both know it, Chris, and it's not nothing wrong with it. They've relied on that big play so much when they're playing, you know, in, you know, in our area and playing teams that they're on their regular season schedule and early in the playoffs where they can be dominant. And I think what we saw is, you know, the two games that they have lost this year now, Fayetteville and Megs County. When you look at that Megs County game, what did Megs County do well? They kept South Pittsburgh from making huge, huge plays, at least until the second half. And what I noticed in that game was, Chris, when I was watching that, and I think you were, uh, that was one of the CW games, Chris. Yeah, that was Uh, the one that I missed. Yeah. I think I noticed in that game when I was watching it that South Pittsburgh just, they were having to fight for their touchdowns there at the end. And they just didn't have enough time. They adjusted well after halftime but they just did not have enough time to get the points that they needed. Although I will say it felt like they were more in control in the first half than they were in the second half in this game, Chris. And to me, I think for South Pittsburgh, it's, it's you know, for whatever's going to happen with South Pittsburgh next year, I think you really have to step back and say, okay, we need to make sure that we're not relying too much on the big play. Because that's great when we're playing Whitwell. That's great when we're playing Sequatchie County. That's even great when we're playing teams like Mays County and Red Bank where they're, you know, we're kind of still at their level. But when you get to the point where you're at the state championship game and playing teams like Fayetteville, who really, Chris, I'll talk about this in a minute, have just come kind of out of nowhere in the past two or three years. When you look at this, you've got to look at yourself and say, can we rely more on fundamental football? And not that Rick Grider's not fundamental, but can we rely more on, you know, grounding the pound, long drives, instead of having to rely on let's get a first down or two and hope we can get a big play. Because your execution is the same, but what happens with your execution differs when you play a tougher opponent in the sense that if you execute the same way against Whitwell as you do Fayetteville, that play in the Whitwell game may turn out to be a touchdown in the Fayetteville game. It might be a first down or even less, Chris. And let me say this, Fayetteville is not going anywhere. They got a bunch of young guys, Chris, a bunch of them. And, you know, I think a lot of us looked back last year and thought that Fayetteville team, it was a one-time thing, and they just got the short end of the stick in one of their destiny years. Well, they still got a lot of young talent, Chris, one. And two, I'm sure that motivated them to a T this year, you know, having to travel and, and, and play in the playoffs and, you know, I, we, we didn't get a Fayetteville – or we didn't get a Fayetteville Lake County last year, I don't believe, because I think they were ousted out of the playoffs before that point. Am I right, Chris? Yeah. Um, and so maybe that could have been different last year, but now we see what could have been last year with Fayetteville. This was a statement game, not for South Pittsburgh, but for Fayetteville. 
that Fayetteville is going to be in the West and they're going to be in the semifinals <laughs> until you know until until they're not anymore. I mean, it's probably going to be four, you know, two, three, four years that they're going to be up there in that upper echelon of the West and waiting to take on whoever comes out of the East, whether that be South Pittsburgh Greenback or someone completely different. Well, they're going to have to deal with Peabody because Peabody, the team that beat Meigs County, will be a, they'll be a 1A team next year. So that that west uh, side of the bracket in 1A is, is going to be a bear next year. Yeah, and, and by the way, Chris, I think this is still ridiculous that teams that are 50 miles away and closer to each other than they are to Cookville are your representatives in the east and the west. Uh, I'm still not over that fact. <laughs> yeah, that's – that's the well. I guess that's kind of the quirky part too of just how the state of Tennessee lays out. Um, yeah. As well, I mean, it's just Appar- a, apparently a lot. Apparently, a lot of high school football talent is over there in that area. I mean, it's there. There must be like some kind of a uh, uh, some player belt or some gridiron belt or something through there, through the mountains over there. Yeah, the you remember the uh, Chandler? I had to look here for a second, but. If you uh, you were talking about Fayetteville last year, remember they didn't make the playoffs last year. They they won uh, a, a whole bunch of games. Um, they were not in one ten and zero something like that. And then they had the recruiting or not the recruitment, the player issue. Yeah, they they had they issue. yeah they played an ineligible player and had to forfeit a whole bunch of games last year. Well, that, and that was also riled with controversy because. Of how the you know they handle how Tito Bustable handled it and all that, and there was also a lot of like, I guess back and forth on who did what and what actually happened. And Fayetteville is a pretty new program, to my understanding, Chris, like five or six years or something like that. Is that the case? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know too much about the history. I haven't heard of them before, probably until here in the last couple of years. I know they don't yeah. certainly don't have the long, you know, playoff history that uh, that South Pittsburgh has, but. Yeah, I know they also had a young man on their team pass away last year. So uh-huh. it was a he was killed, I think, in a car wreck. And uh, so last year was just a tough year for the folks in Fayetteville. So um, yeah, I know this was uh, that victory on on Saturday was or Friday was uh, was sweet for them and and deservedly so. They played a uh, you know they played a great game and and. Um, that was two good football teams that went at it, I thought, in this one. And I think we have to talk about this for just a second, Chris, before we move on to our, our, our last game that we want to talk about. And the fact that Fayetteville showed tremendous sportsmanship on, uh, you know, the other night. And, yeah, I and, guess it was a, a video collage that um, Channel 12 had shot mm-hmm. that ended up getting picked up and going viral in ESPN Sports Center. Ended up. And a lot of other viral and a lot of other viral social media accounts with with sports picked it up as well. But ESPN was the big one, and um, you know, as as someone who covers sports, someone who played football in high school, I can't imagine. I never went to a state championship, Chris. Um, I couldn't carry the whole team on my back, as you know. Um, uh, you know that's what would have had to happen. But to me. I, I, I know the hurt of your season ending, not where you wanted it to. Maybe it wasn't in Cookville where I had mine. Maybe it was in the first round of a game at Polk County. But I remember that last game and that feeling. And it is so hard to to get past that. And I know people say this all the time, but when you play basketball, you can always go, go to the Y and play a game. When you play soccer, you can always go down there to the soccer fields and play pickup. 
you can play flag football with football. You can't put on the pads again right. unless you're going to the next level. And for a lot of these kids, that's just the reality that some of them will go to the next level. Most of them will not. And it is really a truly different chapter of their lives. And to see, you know, this, this South Pittsburgh team who, by the way, they had a lot of seniors and a lot of, you know, they had went undefeated at home. They were, you know, poised to be, you know, one of those South Pittsburgh teams that everybody talks about. And, you know, they were, you know, supposed to win for this, you know, this decade or whatever in 2020. And it's hard. And for the Fayetteville kids, and I think what really made Fayetteville this way was the fact that they themselves are new to this stage. And South, and what was really interesting to me was that they are new. South Pittsburgh is not necessarily new to this stage. And yet Fayetteville understood the hurt and, and knew that they needed to, to, you know, they needed a hug. They needed consoling after this game. And, and the display of sportsmanship that happened on that field was just tremendous. It was a class act by Fayetteville. And uh, I don't think there's going to be, you know, outside the lines, I don't think there's going to be any any kind of tension or any kind of hate between these two teams because I think they know that truly this is a game and that, you know, it, it brings people together more than it tears people apart. Let's move on to our next game now. This was the 2A state championship game when Megs County just can't get over the Peabody hump. Peabody, again, they win for the third straight time, their third straight Class 2A state championship. This is one that I kind of thought going into the week would would be a struggle. I thought Megs would, would have to play well. I thought Peabody would have to you know, maybe turn it over a couple of times and, and give Megs County a couple of extra chances. We talked about uh, Ganaway from Peabody last week. He finished with 99 yards on 21 carries. Uh, Peabody, number one, man, they've got some really good skill players. It wasn't always necessarily the big splash plays, the plays of, you know, 15 or 20 yards downfield. It was more about, you know, just getting what they needed. If, if it was a third and six, they got seven yards. If it was a, you know, a, a third and three, they got four yards. I mean, they just always seem to come up with the play that they needed in this game in, in crucial minutes and kind of able to run away from Megs County a little bit there towards the end. I still think Megs County is going to be a, a pretty good again next year. I, I really do now. I, I don't know if they're going to be blue, you know, blue cross, blue shield game good again. And I think that region with them and Bledsoe County next year is going to really be brutal. But, again, I think Megs County is, would have to be the favorite right now in that uh, region. And I think that Megs County is going to be pretty darn good again next year. Peabody, they're moving down to 1A. Uh, good luck dealing with that next year in, in 1A because, man, I you know, uh, I'd pay to watch uh, Peabody and Fayetteville go at it this year. Yeah, and by the way, I believe I, from what I've seen, that is the longest win streak in uh, Tennessee high school football right now currently is uh, Peabody and their dominance. They haven't, haven't lost since uh, uh, 2018, I believe that was. Uh, when the last time they lost three state state three state championships that you said, Chris, this was a game that just felt like Megs County. Listen, Megs County and Jason Fitzgerald did a heck of a job adjusting in the second half. In title games and championship games, Chris, the most important moments in a game 
are those moments going into the locker room and trying to not only get your team riled up again, but to adjust to what your team's doing. It's a, it's a time in a football game to be able to kind of sit down, look back at the the uh, the whiteboard and say, this is what they're doing to us. Let's figure out a way to stop it. And Mexico County did that. They, you know, they took them to the end of the third quarter to score, but it felt like if they had played that way in the first half, this could have been a very, very tight game. Um, but the Peabody defense made sure that they didn't in the first half. I believe I looked up and it was like less than 20 yards uh, on the ground maybe, or maybe it was less than 40 or something like that, or, or total, excuse me, for Megs County uh, in the first half. And it just didn't feel like Megs County could, could, could get right up to Peabody. I think it was more Peabody than it was Megs County because Megs County is a really good team. Peabody is just a better team. And I think, we look at a, we're going to look at a lot of these games and say that, but this truly was the case in this one. I had a hard time thinking that Megs County was going to be able to pull off the upset, having nothing to do with them, just because I knew how good Peabody was and how good they tend to be. And golly, it's got to be unfair to all the one A teams that that just you know they feel like well we got a chance now now Peabody's going to move down to one A. Um, I will say this, Chris, a bold prediction I will put in right now. Somebody from that region with Mex County, Bledsoe County, and Marion County is going to end up in the semifinals probably at Cookville. Somebody's going to make a deep run. All right. You're going to hold me to that, I know. I am. (laughs) We're going to be sitting here next year, and they're all going to get out in the first round, and Chris is going to be like, well, Chandler, you really screwed that up. Uh, Well, but, hey, way to step out there, man. Way to step out there. Be bold. Step out there. I'm step. You're just not stepping out with me. I feel it. I feel no, it. you're on that ledge by yourself. But uh, <laughs> I'll I'll save any of my bold thoughts on next year for later on in the summer. I want to know what's going to happen between now and between now and then. I you know the way things are going in Knoxville, Jeremy Pruitt may be the defensive oh coordinator at Marion County next year, and that may that may shift my thought process on the Warriors. So. <laughs> Is that is that positive or negative, Chris? Well, I just, yeah, let's let's see if it happens first. <laughs> so, oh, but 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 you know, here here's the thing: when you talk about this next year, Chris. By the way, we'll talk about this later on. I'm sure me and John and you, I'll have a big discussion on playoff college. You're on this show about you know about the regions we're going to have next year, and I think that is the most intriguing region, simply for the fact, Chris, that. Mex County is going from basically a, a a cupcake factory up there in the northeast Tennessee. We'll we'll call it like it is, to coming down where the big boys play down down in the valley, down in toward Chattanooga, and it's going to be interesting to see how they com, how they compete in that region and if it helps them or hurts them down the road. Because Chris, I think we know that a lot of times the region you come out of determines how successful you are in the sense that. A lot of times if you have a tough region and you somehow get out of it, and whether you're scathed or not, it can help you down the road playing tough and playing in close games. And I think that might have helped Mace County out this year had they had a little bit more competition. Not that they didn't schedule some tough games, Chris, but that region schedule, you know, they have no really no control over, you know, their region, just, just maybe when they play the games or how they play them. But, but that, that's, I think that's the most interesting storyline going into next year is how that region will come about but that's that's next year chris 
we'll, we'll continue to talk about this year. And, uh, you know, I, I got to, like I say, I got to get hats off to Meigs County for what they, for the adjustments they made, for the defense they played. Peabody is just that good that no matter how good you play, they're one of those nine out of ten teams, Chris. You're going to play them ten times, you might beat them once. You yeah. know, and that's a very slim chance that you beat them once. Yeah, no, you're uh, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. That's a good football team. Um, hey, before we get out of here, I do want to make mention, and we didn't do a news and notes segment at the top of the show the way we do a lot of times, but uh, I did want to mention Keith Henry, the head coach at Coalfield, who passed away from complications from COVID-19 um, last week. I mean, I, that's that's just so shocking, you know, very shocking to, to hear that. So thoughts and prayers to, to his family and to the community there in Coalfield. Um, you know, heck, that guy was just on the sideline, you know, not quite two weeks ago uh, coaching against South Pittsburgh in the semifinals mm-hmm. and then, you just never know, man. You just never, never know. And he's only 54, and is I, you know, I'm not that far away from that age. And so that's, uh, you know, uh, man, that's 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 scary stuff. That's that's not an old man by any stretch. So um, again, I just I didn't know him. I, I do think I talked to him once, um, but uh, I I didn't. I can't really say that I that I knew him, but. Everybody that I have heard talk about him has, has had nothing but just really glowing things to say about the guy. So really hate to hear about uh, Keith Henry passing away as the head coach up at uh, up at Coalfield. So Chandler, uh, you got anything else to add before we get out of here? Let me let me real quick. I want to remind folks coming up next week here on SETN Preps, Chandler and I will do our second annual award show where we'll tell you our our best moments, our best games. Um, our best players over the course of uh, this very strange at times 2020 season. But we're going to get into all of that next week here on uh, on our SETN Preps podcast. That will drop next week on Thursday. So be looking for it next week on Thursday. So, Chandler, you got anything else you want to add today as we uh, wrap things up? Yeah, if you're out there and you want to, you know, you want to at least put a, uh, you know, a word in our ear about uh, moments you think were the best moments, players that had standout performances, teams that did great things, send it to us. I mean, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, email us, setmpreps at gmail.com, and let us know because we'd love to at least be able to consider some things that y'all are looking at. And, you know, some we, we can't possibly know every little detail we as much as we try we can't possibly know every little detail but every little thing and uh, as much as chris likes to think he does know it all uh we don't and he doesn't so if you have something you want us to at least look at consider maybe even you think they're award worthy hey reach out to us let us know and we'll see if we can't um see if we can't help you out a little bit i'm a know-it-all huh well uh, all right Okay, I see how we're getting here, end of the year. Somebody's being a little snarky today. It's all right. And this, and this is how the podcast died. That's uh, it. Gonna be that's a, it. It's going to be a 30 for 30 one day. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. We'll be back with you again next week here on uh, Thursday for SETN Preps. Don't forget, check us out on Twitter, at SETN Preps. Make sure you uh, rate, subscribe, and review to this podcast on whatever platform you are downloading it from. 
If you're on Apple, uh, certainly we appreciate your five-star ratings, and uh, and thanks for subscribing. And, and, look, we've had a tremendous year. We've had a bunch of growth with this podcast. We've grown. Uh-huh. Uh, I think we've probably doubled uh, in, the tum- in the number of downloads and listeners that we have from um, – where we were this time last year. So this has really been fantastic for us. It's, it's always been fun, but, uh, and we always enjoy hearing from folks. So again, hopefully your team, um, you know, hopefully you're a Macaulay fan and you get to celebrate a state championship, but, uh, we'll look forward to, uh, to deep diving in on some 2021 high school football. That'll be coming up just around the corner. Chandler and I will get to our award show next week and want to remind you to join us for that. Until then, have a great week. So long, everybody. Do you ever feel like your voice isn't heard when you're listening to a podcast? You want to yell, you want to scream, or you just want to tell us that we're doing a good job or maybe we might actually be right? Imagine that. Then go to anchor.fm, you can go on the app, you can go on the website, you can go right on your phone on the browser, and you can record a voice message. That's right, you can let your voice be heard on the SETN Preps podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and go to our page, SETN Preps, and you can leave a voice message and tell us what you think.